0: Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub.
1: Do you miss it? What the tahini?
0: Oh, <laughs> that I forgot to put in the hummus that I made. Yeah. No, not at all.
1: I don't miss it either. Yeah. The lemony punch. Yeah. For me, um, takes takes me where I want to be in a hummus.
0: It's it's got the right amount of lemon and garlic, and I think I might be anti tahini. Anti <laughs> <laughs> anti <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: tahini would have provided that lovely creaminess that's so good in a really great hummus, but I think this is kind of just like a rustic. Nice little bite.
1: It's really good. Thank can you. Can I ask you how you did the garlic? Because I, uh, I've i tried it a couple different ways and I have a, a, I have a preference in how I do my garlic for my hummus.
0: Well, why don't you just talk about that?
1: Well, because I want to know what you did so I can compliment <laughs> it and then see if I'm wrong. I'm You're nervous. You're asking me leading questions mm-hmm. so you can talk about your and own And then I can stuff. say, oh, that's interesting because here's a better way.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's talk about me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my This recipe is just literally put everything in a Cuisinart and zizz it for 30 seconds or whatever.
1: When you did the garlic, did you chop it up or did you do it on a microplane? Because I found that in the microplaning community, it opens the garlic up too much
0: (laughs) microplaning community which i am a part of which we will get to because i got to talk about that my new microplane situation but truly this is not part of the microplane community this was literally just fucked into a blender and zizzed with no microplaning or cutting or chopping it was just whole cloves of garlic cool yeah
1: okay i will report back
0: okay wait what's your garlic situation oh
1: when i microplane for hummus it's
0: Uh too punchy it's just too much yeah i did have a guac situation where I microplaned onion for a guacamole and it was way too much. That onion juice just overpowered everything. I think
1: so. When the cell structure explodes like a nuke bomb, it's just way too much for any kind of dip sitch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is great though, however, with the new TikTok recipe that I am obsessed with, and I think I've made it every morning this week, uh, And I didn't even, this is how I know, like, I mean, I never would like to say that I'm old, but I know that I'm not part of the TikTok generation because of this, because I read about it on Huffington Post. <laughs> Wait, you, the viral TikTok <laughs> finally reached you? Yeah, it made it to Huffington Post and that's how <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> It's like when I read about cultural things in the New York Times and I'm like, well, I guess that's over. Yeah. Like, oh, they know about... They're saying
1: Bay now, yeah, according they, to... Yeah, they know
0: about hype beasts over the New York Times, <laughs> so I guess that wave has uh, crashed. But So yeah, I read about a TikTok recipe on Huffington Post, <laughs> and then I watched the TikTok and I made it, and it was very good. I'm very excited about it. It is a grated egg over avocado situation that is just absolutely delicious You toast bread. Wait, what?
1: What up, Mary Jane?
0: How how's it going, Mike?
1: Great. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy, <laughs> cannabis, culture, cooking, calling shit out and um microplanes. And microplane and communities. Models. And yeah.
0: Yeah, because yeah. of our fabulous guest.
1: Hot, hot, hot. Okay, so Yes. The recipe for this micro situation. OK,
0: so I think if you go on TikTok and just use the grated egg hashtag, it's like the number one trend on TikTok. But well, according to having to post. So <laughs> basically you toast a piece of um, I've been using ciabatta, but yeah, any kind of like sourdough or country bread or anything. And then you spread Cupy mayonnaise liberally all over it and then you slice avocado thinly and you put that across and then you grate a hard boiled egg with a microplane if you have one and it's just fluffy 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 egg mimosa salt pep little drizzle of sriracha best bite
1: fucking best delicious breakfast bite it, microplaning an egg delicate
0: Yes. So the key is that you need to hard boil your egg and then refrigerate it. So it's like really firm and cool. Otherwise, it just doesn't kind of just crumbles and falls apart. But um, I have been like preparing my eggs at night and then refrigerating them and doing it the next day because I'm so into this. I'm really into I think I talked about this last week or the week before maybe about the idea of like preparing myself a meal and sitting down to eat it in the morning with like a a napkin and you know, like looking out the window at the humming words instead of trying to be on my phone or anything. Because I'm not on social media for a minute to give myself a little mental health break and so this egg preparation is a way of setting myself up for the day as well and it's just it's fucking delicious and it looks beautiful and uh, makes me feel good. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Also I I have to imagine microplaning hard-boiled egg would make that almost like melt on the tongue a little bit because it's that thin 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 yes. thin. Excuse it's- me I'm like drooling. I, sip? Right, yeah. Take it away.
0: <laughs> it is it's, it's like little clouds and it's super messy to eat but it kind of doesn't it's not like a drippy mess it's just like a you know fall apart mess but then you can just pick up the bit bits and finish that with your fingers and maybe Archie licks the plate maybe he doesn't who knows
1: that's awesome can I share a <laughs> recipe I made last night for the first time just like fucking around in the kitchen what while did watching... you do
0: that I don't know about
1: what? I, sorry <laughs> once you get that fucking ring I'm in my kitchen get
0: a ring installed so I know what you're doing so I can come over and eat that stuff <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know everyone's like you never cook for me and it's like I cook every single night with a joint in my mouth and AirPods in my ears yeah but it's at two in the morning for me
0: yeah, you're wearing your pink robe, being the uh, thirsty chef. If anyone listening wants to see some very fun food, it's on. They're on YouTube, right?
1: They're somewhere.
0: Yeah, <laughs> go look up my cooking in a robe. It's uh, it's very uh, pleasing.
1: So I've tried to make a gochujang caramel corn last night because mm. my whole thing at night, while I'm trying to like maintain my um, like my body right now, I'm really enjoying where I'm at physically. Okay, with like the weight I've lost, the way I'm keeping it off, the yo-yo that I'm in is only like. Two or three pounds, and I don't mind that yo-yo. And so I'm eating massive amounts of popcorn most nights. And last night, because elote seasoning from Trader Joe's and salt isn't doing it for me anymore, I made like a gochujang caramel sauce where it was like gochujang, fish sauce, soy sauce, brown sugar, a little bit of rice wine, a lot of olive oil to smooth it all out. And then I popped the popcorn, drizzed that over it, shook, 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 drizzed more, shook, 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 and then let it all sit and kind of like harden, soak in and solidify. And it was this like sweet, spicy, salty, um, sour, caramel corn style pop. And it, it worked really well. I need to figure out how to get it hardened on there like a caramel corn cuz it was a little bit too wet yeah, still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if I can figure out that part, I think there's something to like Asian flavor popcorn for me that is going to be really satisfying.
0: That sounds like the ultimate stoner snack. Yeah, yeah,
1: maybe so. Yeah,
0: if you run out of sumo, make some uh gochujang caramel popcorn.
1: Man, will they let us pitch flavors, please? Like I, I love their ranch. I know that it's on video right now. I love their cheese. I know it's on video right now, yep. but I would love I would love like some spicy tang.
0: It would be so fun to get into the flavor development lab for those guys. If you're listening sumo we would love to um come hang out in your kitchen and pitch some weird flavors definitely involving some yeah i love fish sauce i'm a huge fan which one do you use
1: uh which which fish which, do like do you have a brand you like yeah red label
0: uh is it red boat yeah oh my yeah. gosh Yeah, Yeah, that's the one that's the kind of like the one if you go on TikTok,
1: (laughs) if you go on if you go on Drudge Report, it'll link you to
0: (laughs) so funny that you say that because I was on Drudge Report last night (laughs) and I was like, oh, my God, this guy didn't stop. Like he has been just going for 20 years now. I found out who Matt Drudge was like back when Paris Hilton had a sex tape and he was just going and going and he was like super right wing for a while. And now he's kind of come back to the center a little bit. I feel like he he got weirded up by the lunatic fringe and now he's just kind of reporting the news. And I was like, this is actually a really cool place to go for news aggregation. So, yes, I was on Drudge Report.
1: Okay. Uh, also, check out Sumo Snacks at sumosnacks.com, T-S-U-M-O. You can get a free sample on their website. I ate a bag the other night. Before we get into the news and yeah. your other TikTok, I just want to say, <laughs> here's what I loved about my Sumo experience. Three nights ago, mm-hmm. uh, I got home and I was on my cheat day. And so I ripped <laughs> open a bag of the lime flavored Sumo Snacks, Yep, ate the 10 milligram bag, Drove to In-N-Out because I figured that if I drove all the way to In-N-Out on sunset, timed it, sat in line, ordered my order, and then came back, not only would my sumo snacks kick in, Mm -hmm. but I would have this delicious In-N-Out to watch Tournament of Champions on Food Network Discovery Plus for the night. The planning.
0: Who says stoners are disorganized? Give me a break. The planning. The
1: best night of my life. Wow. I'm perfectly high from sumo snacks. I'm eating animal fries well done, two cheeseburgers with the mustard fry, double onions, and watching Guy Fieri's Tournament of Champions Season 3. Episode three.
0: Holy shit! This is like nuclear physics, man. Get
1: in there. I'm so sh- like, shout out Sumo because goddamn, if that <laughs> wasn't a delicious night. I could
0: see all the equations floating around in your head as you time out like the edibles on set and the snacks and what you're going to watch and the timing of it all. That's some red string shit right there. Great job. Thank you. Wow, I'm so impressed. Thank you. Yeah, feels great. You're not so- like me eating edibles and falling asleep in bed with ice cream all over my face. <laughs> not well timed. own. To
1: eat their own. <laughs> what? So what were you on Drudge Report for?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. I was just trying. To read the news because I'm not on social media, so I literally don't know what's happening. Except no, 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 for no your TikTok. news You
1: you had another viral TikTok I that did? had to do with um sumo snacks.
0: Um oh no I was just talking about the fish sauce that I like yeah. and we should get into the um kitchen for them and develop some flavors of, you know, I mean all sorts of stuff. But like yeah I do like I think that's the one thing that I am interested about TikTok interested in for on tiktok that's why i would be on tiktok is food talk food talk Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely yeah there's a guy right now going and cooking the entire french laundry cookbook wow in his home and his his episodes are few and far between because he's sourcing all of the ingredients to do it exactly right wow i gotta tell you Every time it pops up, I'm so excited, not only for him and all the equipment and how he's like learning a new technique to do it, but he has like dedicated himself to cooking the entire French laundry cookbook. And it's so cool.
0: That's so awesome. The thing that I that bums me out about TikTok is that they don't allow weed. There's no, I mean, there's weed talk, I guess it's like all hidden and they spell it, you know, O-U-I-D. And there are ways to like follow cannabis um, accounts on TikTok. And yeah, I mean, you know, there, there are some great ones out there, but just in general, they're so like anti-weed that I just never... I have two strikes you know.
1: against me for... In, in like a week
0: I mean you got banned from next door you're I, just that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you're just trouble um speaking of weed I wanted to talk about this um El Blunto uh brand that we got sent from our friend Noah and these cool little um 12 L Jointitos they're uh diamond infused and they're so freaking cute
1: let me see yeah Tiffany OG yeah oh nice oh it's a these a sexy um what yeah. camera should I point that at there Check that out, everybody. A dog walker size joint uh-huh. is exactly right for me. I hope that as we go federally legal, I hope that size pre roll is flying off the shelves. Yeah. Because it is perfect, not only in like pre or not even post COVID era, it's just perfect for me, perfect to not share, but also the perfect amount for me to give you your own. That's right your own thank you mary yeah. jane that's what i was hinting
0: and at. noah is doing great i mean we met noah actually through our friend lauren um because they've just known each other forever and he's doing really cool stuff with his brand here in california Lablento. they've been working their way up for i think we met them maybe it was definitely pre-pandemic so yep. they, they've been at it a minute and they're like all over the place now and they're making cool um infused cigars and blunts and they've got these little
1: this tastes great mm-hmm. I feel cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're cool.
1: Speaking especially like with our uh, <laughs> guest this week, like I feel like I could Does this look good to you if I modeled?
0: Oh yeah. I gotta say you know that picture of you that uh, just published in. are we allowed to say about the nope oh okay (laughs) there's a very cool picture of you that will be in a magazine soon (laughs) that Lauren Hurt actually who we were just talking about Noah's our our mutual connection to Noah Mm -hmm. uh, took with you and you're like you've got a joint in your mouth and you're smoking it and blowing smoke out at the same time and it's just a fucking cool picture so you're good it is a really cool picture you do look good on on film thank you Lauren
1: Hurt and um, (laughs) more about that in April
0: and you mentioned federal legalization, which does actually tie into our news story, if we're ready to get to the Grubla Gazette. Yeah, let's
1: get to the news this week.
0: All right. It is coming from Marijuana Moment this week, and it is uh, uh, just a story about a GOP congressman who fought for weed legalization, and he's passed on, and he is being honored by bipartisan colleagues. So I just oh, wanted to say cool. RIP Rep Don Young, who was a Republican congressman from Alaska, And this story from Marijuana Moment says that he was a rare example of a pro legalization Republican congressman who was one of just five GOP members of the House of Representatives who voted in favor of a bill to end marijuana prohibition. He died on Friday. Uh, He was the longest serving member of the House and one of four co-chairs of the Bipartisan conge- Congressional Cannabis Caucus, along with um, Earl Blumenauer, Barbara Lee, and Dave Joyce, and he left a legis- legislative legacy on the issue that crossed partisan divides. He did some really great work, it sounds like. and um, That's beautiful. Does it happen to say how old he was when he passed? Um, I think super old. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. He was 88.
1: 88. Yeah. So it's 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Minus 88 would yep. be... 70s?
0: What are you 19, trying to figure born out? in the 70s? No, he would have been born in the 40s. or born No, the, 40s. the late 30s, probably. Born in the late 30s? Yeah. Just because I remember
1: like when, when I was in Alaska, I was doing 34. research. Really? Mm-hmm. You can do that in your brain? Yeah, 1934. How the fuck do you see numbers in your brain? <laughs> that actually wasn't that
0: fast. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can see numbers in your brain? I mean, you know, just thought backwards. How did you do it? Um, I thought of when, pictured where what? we are, and then- I don't know. It was like 2022 minus 88. How you, <laughs> you know what? I actually did was that I added 34 to 2000 would have been 66. And then I added the 22 years since 2000 in my head. Whoa. <laughs>
1: so I that... might be good at planning watching Food Network out, while eating in and out. <laughs> Mental arithmetic. But you have a real skill.
0: I'm really bad at math, but that was, yeah.
1: Damn, no wonder we did I'm going to make together. a change
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> Years of bartending and waiting tables, so I'm very good at making you change. You can
1: see numbers and get them right. Yeah. That's awesome. I bring that up because uh I know from uh performing in Alaska that they went legal in like 70 in the 70s. Right. So this guy has been on the forefront of legalization and made change in a state that was well beyond the rest of the country. That is some What a powerful legacy to leave behind.
0: Yeah, he sounds really amazing. He's really being um, eulogized beautifully on Twitter and all the social media. And this article on Marijuana Moment is really lovely and talks about a lot of the work that he did. So R.I.P., Uh, Don Young, and thank you for all the great work you did for weed legalization in your state and beyond.
1: And take a fucking note, Republicans. Yeah. And Democrats. Yes. Take a note, Gov. You know,
0: there's not much uh, that has a lot of bipartisan support right now, but uh, cannabis legalization is one of them. And I'm actually working on a piece right now about federal legalization. And it's really interesting to look at all of the different bills that are in play. Some Democrat-sponsored. There's a couple that are um, Republican-sponsored. And I think however it happens, it's obviously going to happen with a broad consensus. And I think that um weed is really bringing people together in that way. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So I'm gonna be like, listen, oh. we need <laughs> legalization federally. Yeah. I'm not joking.
0: You're serious. I'm very serious. You're serious. Right I can tell you're serious because your hand is tented.
1: On something hard.
0: So a flat hand would mean that you're you're joking. Right. <laughs> but a tented hand means that you are serious. Very serious. That's how it. I know when you're making a point. Yeah. If
1: I was like this, I'd be like, legalize weed or whatever. Yeah. Oh, Mike's
0: just being funny. Yeah. Well, but. A tented pointed hand. A tented pointed hand. hand. And then. When you do this, when your two hands go together, you're very serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. So all fingertips together pointing out front at you is what a lot of politicians do when they're trying to make a point. Very important points. I'm very serious. Kamala Harris is like, you know, very serious. And then what's this one though? <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait,
1: the evolution of seriousness from, from not to most right. is.
0: So flat hand joking. Okay. On the, on the you're table. the you slapping the table. Ha, yeah. Ha, ha. yeah. Yeah. And then all five finger points on, on the tabletop so your hand looks like a creature is that you're serious. Uh-huh. And then all 10 fingertips together.
1: Like a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You're on Shark Tank. Uh-huh. You're very serious. <laughs> and then all 10 fingertips pointed up is you're a supervillain. <laughs> you're dead fucking serious. You're so serious. You're Elon Musk serious. You're Jeff Bezos serious. Very serious. You're, you know. Yeah austin powers dr evil serious yeah that's well, that's
1: such a good code d- crack
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah i feel like no one's ever gonna make a joke with a tented hand it's not gonna hit you gotta do flat hand flat hand funny yeah flat hands uh-huh serious <laughs> 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 jokes serious we got to watch. We got to break this down. I feel like we could do like a, a you know, a stream of uh, talk shows and political stuff and just see like, you know, what the hand gestures are, because I feel like no, no politicians are doing flat hands.
1: No, I learned because uh, uh, Bob Dole and Bill Clinton both gave that tiny thumbs up. Oh, tiny thumbs. Tiny thumb, tiny thumb, meaning like really good idea, but we're not there yet. Right. But this is an important
0: point. But and just showing you the tip. Yeah, not the well, whole thumb because that looks insane. <laughs> You're gesturing with whole thumbs. Uh huh. Um, Just the tip. I hate the guy. I don't like to name him, but Trump does flat hands, but out.
1: Which is the most unserious.
0: Yeah, it was like he does. He literally doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, Mark's
1: doing jazz hands. <laughs> We should also say we're coming to you live from Top Tree Studios, the number one fucking studio in the game. Thank you for allowing us to record video and audio here with producer Mark. Shout out, shout out.
0: Getting high on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. It feels great. Trump does
1: jazz hands. Jazz (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I'm going to have some more hummus. This is delicious.
1: Awesome. Um, we need to get to Buzz of the Week eventually. We do? Yeah, but, time? Well, can I plug my stand-up dates yeah, real quick? Yeah, Is that cool? I oh usually don't, but it's. I have a lot of them, and I'd like people to come.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to crunch in the mic. Probably. Crunch
1: in the mic. People don't want to hear me plug people shit. People don't
0: want to hear me eat celery and hummus.
1: People don't want to hear me plug.
0: Oh Well, listen, I did uh, an open mic last week to, in preparation for the 420 show that we're going to be doing Mike Glazer and his buds having an extravaganza in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> That's Allie
1: Lou's title. Full credit to Allie Lou for end of the show. She's been on the show. That's definitely her
0: title. And she'll be on the lineup too. And uh, so you and Allie and Baldev and I are all going to go to Sacramento. And you're going to obviously be the headliner. And then we're all going to have you know Allie will feature. And I'm going to do five minutes.
1: Do we want to talk about how you did your first open mic, or do we want to hold that for another pod?
0: I mean, nobody needs to hear about my first open mic. It it's wasn't so that wild. interesting. It was, I had a great time. I will say what was so awesome about it was that I think for an open mic, it was a really good experience. And not many people can say that losing your virginity <laughs> is a great experience. Like my, my sexual losing my virginity well, is kind I of a boring story. my dick story. was going to break off. You did? Yeah. When you lost I your was virginity? surrounded
1: by candles. She was wearing like some sexy lingerie, but neither of us knew what we were doing and she was on top and I thought my dick was going to snap. Wow. Yeah. That sounds
0: actually really good though. Like if you had a candle, like very intentional.
1: All of it intentional except for the part that wasn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's just never going to be good your first time, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. it's always going to be weird. Yeah. And,
1: and it lasts, and you know how I am. I I last for 90 minutes. It was just (laughs) insane.
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But now we all do. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, (laughs) I mean, I was like at a party with some guy in a, you know, room upstairs. It just wasn't intentional or cool in that way at all. So I'm glad you had a good experience with that. It was very sweet. But the open mic losing, popping, cherry popping was, it's truly because there were a bunch of comedians there. So it was like, you know, I don't think it was just a bunch of people who don't really know how to do comedy, which I feel like is a lot of open mics are, you know, just everyone's green. Mm -hmm. There were seasoned people there. Like I went with Ali Lou, she took me and she actually paid for me, it was really cool. And, um, you know, everyone who got up was interesting and cool in a different way and everyone was really working on material. And then um, when I got up to go, uh, like it just, the, the microphone didn't work and so I had this moment of panic where I was like, oh no. And then the host came up and she was changing out the battery and she was great too and she had her kid there um, and she was like, don't make, you know, don't call child services. I'm just like, I'm a working mom. And so I have to bring my kid to these comedy shows, but don't worry about him. You can say whatever you want. Don't and,
1: censor yourself for this. Yeah. yeah great.
0: And so I like, I did a bit about her kid and then, um, that just kind of broke the ice for me. And then, I don't know. I just had a fun five minutes up there. It was great. That's I actually so talked exciting. about snack walking, really, which I had talked about on last week's pod, uh, you know, about like freaking myself out. Cause I thought I had a poltergeist too. And I went into the kitchen and all my cabinets were open and it was just because I was high and, and looking, looking for food <laughs> <laughs> like a bear in a cabin <laughs> just breaking into my own fucking house <laughs> where's the snacks <laughs> but anyway it was pawing
1: a fu- the almonds yeah exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> gnawing through bags of <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I need a ring light in your kitchen oh to see man. your snack walking. You see me making gosher popcorn and I see you just like stumbling <laughs> through pawing fucking
0: oh.
1: meat into your mouth. And
0: to keep an eye on Bobo because that night when we went to the open mic, Allie came over and I had baked cookies for her to give to Baldov because it was his birthday and we just left them out and we came back and Bobo had eaten. <laughs> The cookies? Really? He ate a batch of chocolate chip cookies and then proceeded to have. Your eighteen-year-old cat ate all the cookies. He'll be nineteen in August, and yes, he did. Fucking respect. He's crazy, and the next day was a bad situation. I had to clean up a lot of explosive diarrhea. <laughs> it was gross. So worth it. So worth it. And the and the uh, yeah, and the open mic was great. <laughs> and I'm excited to to you know try some try some stand up on your show. So come
1: to the Sacramento Punchline on four twenty. 8 o'clock. We have a ton of giveaways. We have a ton of prizes. We have a ton of surprises. And Mary Jane is going to be doing stand up. I mean, who knows? We'll you, see. You are going to be. At uh, the
0: very stand-up. least, I'll be wearing a weird outfit.
1: Can't beat that. You know,
0: you can <laughs> come and see my big potato do Irish songs or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> Sacramento Punchline 420. Uh, we can have that lighter. This weekend. I'm in San Francisco on the 25th and 26th. And then April 14th through 17th, Mary Jane and I are at the Comedy Fest in the California desert, Lancaster, California, to be exact. So if you're looking to do three days of camping and hanging out with us and recording some pods and doing some stand up, and singing and sitting around a campfire and maybe doing some drugs.
0: Definitely taking some drugs.
1: Definitely taking some drugs. You yeah. heard it here first. I'll hide them in this hat you gave me. Oh. Um, <laughs> I usually just hide turkey in here. Nice. Like loose meat for when I'm on the road. But you, it's actually a drug pocket in this hat.
0: It is a drug pocket pocket we put deli just, slices yeah just in been there? putting
1: deli slices in here
0: <laughs> nice and then i was
1: like oh i could put molly in here you could yeah <laughs> if there's room after all the after all the turkey <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> molly covered in turkey juice great <laughs>
1: So that's the 14th through the 17th in the desert and then the punchline on 420 and then 422 and 423 doing some gateway shows with Billy Anderson. Allie Lou is also performing on those. And then the Arizona Comedy Fest on 426 through 428. That's in Glendale, Arizona. So if you're around then come to those. But also I heard Glendale is Phoenix. I don't know. It sounds like a weird state. <laughs> um, and legal then, weed, though. Legal weed, though. Yep. And then in May hosting the Green Street Festival uh, May 14th. Oh, no. Oh, I can't announce that yet. So hosting the Green Street Festival May 14th, um, downtown Los Angeles. And then I will be in Texas, Colorado, and New Mexico May 18th through 21st. I'll have more specifics on that later. And then May 27th through 29th, I'll be in Vail, Colorado at their comedy festival.
0: That's a lot to hold in your head. Do you have it in your link tree? Nobody's listening to this. No, do you have it in your link tree? I do have it in my link tree. Everyone
1: just heard, the way I do math is how everyone just heard that. It was a lot of... what and okay <laughs> what's
0: going on <laughs> i did hear you say the green street festival i am so very excited about that and also friend of the pod who you're going to meet in real life for the first time jordan wanamaker is coming to la
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we're going to get to kick it uh in real life i just met her for the first time in person in new york
1: i'm very excited to. and find i'm to so jordan. excited
0: for all of us to hang and snack and eat some edibles and run around and see all the cool brands that are you know going to be at that festival yeah it's gonna and really there's going to be sandwiches time. sandwiches yeah they're just doing neat stuff. I always love going to Green Street. You Can know? I be
1: honest with you? I know yeah. there's like going to be a lot of celebrities there and mm-hmm. like a lot of like really cool people who I'm excited to meet. But I'm I wish that we should do a, like a Coachella style poster, but it's just all the great snacks and food that are going to be at our festival. Like yeah. that's what I would lead with. I would lead with sandwiches, yep. bagels, your hummus, Bobo cookies, like that. That's my headliners when I go to this shit.
0: Yeah, I'm here for the pizza. I don't care about Jeezy <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of people just screamed yeah. what what are you talking about no chicken I'm head so, you didn't like chicken head i'm so excited to for the for the lineup and for the snack lineup and also I don't know, just I'm so food obsessed lately. I think coming out of the pandemic and being able to like go hiking again has like ratcheted my metabolism, not like I couldn't hike during the pandemic, but I'm just hiking a lot and then paying myself for doing a good job of hiking in food right now. And I'm sort of just really excited about it. Fuck yeah,
1: that actually ties into our guest Michael Gable this week. So let's do Buds of the Week and then get to Michael. Okay. Do you want to go first or second on a big bud?
0: I can go first on a big bud. I want to shout out as my Bud of the Week this week at taylor underscore mason 96 uh congrats taylor on having a legal shopping experience and that's all i want to say about that uh but thank you so much for sharing with us and sending us a photo and always just love hearing from you you're like just a fun follow and um so stoked that you listen to the pod and like think to send us updates so thank you it's very cool it's very cool
1: i was trying to think of what my first legal weed experience was Uh because it was like you know, somebody opens up their freezer in a trailer park right. just outside St. Louis for so long. Like, that's where I got all my weed was I met a woman at a ICP concert in <laughs> just outside L.A. Jesus. who I started buying weed from immediately because she smoked me. I was like, this is great. She's like, come over sometime. And she had like a cool fucking... Um, she had some cool icp tattoos i was like where do you live and she gave me her address and like and i came out there and it was just this like wild trailer park and she opened up her freezer and like threw me an ounce and i wow. went on my way and we did that for a very long time so i just want to shout out shaggy Two dope violent J, yeah uh the whole icp community fucking
0: magnus <laughs> yes for i do want to say you know i mean that's something that we we don't talk about a lot is still buying from the traditional market here in california which is obviously thriving and that there is such fantastic weed still available from the traditional market and home grows and some of my favorite more often than not like uh you know we went to a trim party Mm -hmm. a couple years ago and i left with a bag of purple punch trim and made edibles with that and i was like this is greater than any shopping in a a fucking dispensary experience like there's something just about being connected to the plant in that way yeah that's so crucial so
1: well and i want like i want weed to go federally legal and i want it to be done the right way but i also know that uh the money the cash that i was giving to her Mm -hmm. was going directly to her and her family right in a very very like easy to understand way and i will never have a problem with that
0: yeah it's not filling the state's coffers and then going to a bunch of permitting and licensing fees and stuff yeah exactly right
1: so shout out no i'm not gonna say your name uh (laughs) my butt of the week this week is jeff thompson oh yeah yeah saving our bacon saving our fucking bacon yo Mm -hmm. tax season is upon us it might be past i don't know when it is But Jeff Thompson <laughs> is not only an incredibly talented actor who you've seen in, I think, probably dozens of commercials at this point. Uh, he's a s- award-winning scriptwriter, a tremendous actor. I think he won Blacklist. I think he was on Blacklist last year. For Holy the shit. Script. Yeah. And he is our accountant. Yes. And he is making us learn. Yeah. So if you need an accountant, especially if you're in the LA area and you listen to this and you're kind of in the same areas that we're in, yo, hook up with this guy. If you have a
0: weed podcast... <laughs> He's your person. He's your <laughs> fucking person. So
1: his website is jeffthat.com, at jeff that doc, or not at, uh, jeffthat.com. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And then his uh, Instagram is oneblackjeff. Oneblackjeff is his IG. He's Numeral also on or Facebook. or spelled out? Uh, O-N-E. Okay. Yeah. And uh, not only is he just like real fun to hang out with, great at bits, but he's top, top, top.
0: I mean, he manages to make accounting emails funny, which is, I think, an impossible achievement. Yeah. Like, yeah, he inserts like gifts and pictures of animals and shit. The first year we worked together on my
1: personal taxes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I just sent him a picture of the bag of receipts I had (laughs) next to the other plastic bag of receipts I had. And I was like, help. And he's like, no, but we're going to get you on track and you can be a... Adult and do this the right way. Uh, and I was like, okay. Yeah, the best
0: kind of friends. They make you learn. <laughs> yeah. Like our guest. Like our guest. <laughs> Is that a good segue? That's
1: perfect, Mary Jane.
0: uh I learned so much chatting with Michael. He's so fucking interesting. What a life. What a trajectory. What an awesome hang today.
1: He's a massive talent. Yeah. And super kind.
0: Yeah, a multi hyphenate, a renaissance man, a modern renaissance man. I believe that, truly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you go into the show notes for this one, And either get his book or check out his Instagram, like whatever it is, just like I would fucking get to know this guy because he's a he's a special one.
0: He's a deeply kind person. I really enjoyed our conversation and I really love what he had to say about self-respect and self-love. And I know when he said it, he was like, it sounds kind of woo-woo. And I was like, that's all I'm trying to do right now. So yeah, it was awesome. Cool. And I'm so glad I know him. I know him better. That's awesome. I know him pretty well. He put his arm around me when we took a picture. What? I had my hands on my side. Yeah. He put his arm like right around me. Fuck. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) We're in a healthy place. (laughs) Okay. Without further ado, here is our interview with...
0: Michael Gable.
1: I know on your podcast model behavior, yeah. that you did with your agent Rick Ferrari. Yeah, you said that it, it, you're uncomfortable with how great looking you are. Did I say that? Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Well, like I'm paraphrasing, but it was more or less like the idea that like anybody who like tells you that you're great looking, you're like I'm so much more. Like I'm I'm an author. I've gone to like an Ivy League school. I designed roller coasters. Yeah, I'm from St. Louis. I'm giving your background that we'll get into, but my, also yeah, you know. I think
2: my looks are the least interesting thing about me because I didn't it doesn't show any like growth or achievement. It's like, okay, I have a face, like mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs>
1: shout out to the double healers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks mom and dad. Uh,
2: I think more right now I'm insecure about my chest hair situation.
1: Where's it at? High or low
2: volume? So this is, I've been shaving my chest for years since I started modeling and doing commercials cause it was, I did a lot of fitness stuff and like, that was just the style. Can um, I
0: just shout out the, the volleyball centerfold? oh yeah i mean that was you're like not touching the ground anywhere and every muscle's flexed it's <laughs> <laughs> just
2: greased up it's yeah. like seen top gun it was great good. Uh, childhood dream come true but so yeah i shaved my chest for so long and then i just shot with a new, a new fitness client and the creative director i became friends with him we've been wordling each other mm. and he's like can i ask you a kind of weird question like why do you shave your chest and it's like, i don't know i've just been doing it forever and he's like it's that's so old school like chest hairs back he's like grow it out yeah, so I'm growing it out, and I just like feel weird about it. It's like, yeah, because yeah. it's just
1: it, it's like getting a new tattoo. Where you're like, what is that? Oh, yeah, right, totally. Like, what right. do you shave or do you nair? Because I naired my chest once in college, and my whole body broke out into a bright red. Oh, it's like a chemical burn. Oh, chemical smells burn. so horrendous. Yeah.
2: I never nair. Oh, I've always real.
1: shaved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because and it's like there's razor burn
2: issues. I've never figured out. People would say electrolysis, but like. My thought was, what if it comes back in fashion? Right, so, and it has. Good I so, didn't do it. Yeah. I also, don't, and I've never waxed either because that just forty old 40, forty year old version scarred me. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many people. Yeah. Do.
1: Check this out. You waxed that? No, but <laughs> I have like back tricep hair now. That came out of nowhere. Oh, is that new? It's new hair. Welcome yes. to the thirties, yeah. Welcome. yo. I have like back tricep yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. I've never had it before. I'm usually like I, I'm like hairy in the front, yeah. clean in the rest, like smooth butthole, great balls. Oh but God. now I got like this chest this you like tricept smooth smoothest butthole in the world. No really? Way. It's an unbelievable. No I've never wiped. It's like a lifesaver, a gummy saver. <laughs> 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 Just <laughs> it's so funny to hear, to hear dudes
0: talk about uh, like hair removal because I just feel like I have struggled with it since I was about 12, and I've yeah. never heard two men have a conversation about it. I mean, I had an Epilady given to me when I was 13 or 14. Do you know what that is? Never heard that it's word. It's a machine that rips the hair out by the roots. Oh. And all of the ads, it was like all of these beautiful women like smoothly running it over yeah. their legs in 80s commercials, yeah. and then you get it, and it's just like a, it's like a scream. The yeah. whole thing is just- It's like a little roller thing. Yeah. That, like, it looks rips like them little, out. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a coffee whip. But you, you know, you run it up your leg and it just tears everything up by the roots. So many, so many painful. Like threading, yeah. You know, have you ever threaded anything? I've,
2: I've heard of, I've seen the process. It's cool, just from like a. It's physics very precise standpoint. and it yeah. makes everything look really yeah. good. But ow. Yeah. I mean, girls have a lot of real estate. Legs, armpits. Yep, eyebrows, yeah, lip, eyebrows, chin, butthole. Lip, hole. chin, butthole. Mm-hmm. The whole bikini
1: situation. Yeah, that waxing. That. Get on no. all fours, baby. I know a girl who, her, she had uh, hair on her toes. Yeah. And I so she would do, yeah. yeah. It's a genetic thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. she would get her toes waxed, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. Yeah, I, I feel like most,
0: most girls would Wax their toes if they had hair on them. Really? I said not. Also, not speaking from ex- no. I'm kidding. Mid
2: digital hair, hair on this knuckle is a genetic thing. You either have it or you don't.
1: I don't think I do. Huh. This like top one. Wait, do, do you have the birthmark on your upper left arm near the crease of the elbow? I saw a TikTok where this all one? dudes, yes, oh. all fucking, do you have it too, Mark? Producer what? Mark. Yes, I'm saying all dudes have the birthmark on the upper left uh, elbow crease. What is it supposed to? Is, what is it? Are you clones? Of? Bingo. Like,
0: is it that's a cloning it's conspiracy like, from it's TikTok? Like, like DNA cloning? Shit. Yeah. What?
1: What? All that's... dudes are from the same dude. Can wow. I go Google some stuff real fast? <laughs> 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 I know what I'm doing with my afternoon. It's actually pretty biblical. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like Adam's
0: mark or something. Wow. Christian yeah. TikTok. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we are oh. a low-key Christian podcast. Yes, that's right.
2: <laughs> Bringing God's word just subverting the heathens.
1: <laughs> so, we uh we didn't know each other in St. Louis, but we're no. both STL crew. Yeah,
2: same same age kind of same yeah. generation. Yeah. All
1: of it. Um how do you feel about growing up in St. Louis and when did you leave?
2: Uh, I grew up there until college and then my parents are still there. So I loved it. I people always ask about the Midwest and I think it was just like an idyllic upbringing. Just like bikes and neighborhoods, suburbia. Um, you know, like downtown STL is not really, STL is not like a thing. So it was just like suburban, super suburban. I liked it a lot. I was playing in the woods behind my house most of the time. Yeah.
0: Do you ever refer to STL by the area? What's the area? 314. Code there? 314? It's the th- you, you call yeah. it the 314? Oh, yeah. If I okay. see a
2: 314 area code, I'm like, oh, you're my, you're my person.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Do you have yeah. it tattooed anywhere?
1: Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Do you? No. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would rep with an area code tattoo. I don't know that I'd get an area code tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, that's that kind feels of a weird. 90s, like I feel uncomfortable wearing other men's jerseys sometimes. You know oh. what I mean? I don't know if I want a whole area code on my. Arm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe the arch. I don't know. Or to- I just get a toasted ravioli. Have you been up in the arch? Of course. Wait, I saw you favor toasted ravioli tweet on Emos Pizza for toasted ravioli. I started day.
2: following them because they've been following you, and I was like, oh, I gotta follow Emos. See, that's goals right there to get Emos to like
1: your post. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and repost, I think you were I on the know. Emos grid, right?
1: I'm on the grid next to Simone Biles. No big deal. But we got to get you out there. I mean, yeah, you got to be on there. You got to be on so there. So I was at Gelson's
2: to. yesterday. No big deal. I'm a Rockefeller. Um, <laughs> uh, and they, there was like one of those booklets at the register and it, on the cover was toasted ravioli. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't let's not tell everyone about this. <laughs>
1: For real? It, was, it was air fryer recipes. I guess you can do air fryer toasted ravioli. Ooh. Yeah, but it's not going to be the same. No, it's she had not. her first toasted ravioli when I was, was doing headlining, yeah.
0: I, I had the whole Emo's experience. I walked in and obviously looked like a kid in a candy store because they were like, hello, hello, yeah. <laughs> welcome Friendly. to Emo's. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really great because they were all baked as fuck. Like oh, everyone yeah. behind the counter was so stoned. And they went in, when they found it, it was my first time, they went and they got me a toasted ravioli and gave it to me for free so I could taste it. And yeah. I was just like, oh my God, it was delicious. It's everything you want in yeah. fast food bite, you know? So for
2: people who don't know, it's, it's basically a meat-filled ravioli, sometimes cheese, but that's bullshit um meat filled ravioli breaded deep fried you dip it in marinara usually like an appetizer and like kids in saint louis grow up eating them at lunch in school and i i always wonder because i sell it so hard that when people come and i'm like how
0: is it and they're like it's really good I don't know if they're lying to me. It or... felt like a better version of whatever a mozzarella stick wants to exactly, be. You exactly, exactly. You know, like that yeah. kind of like, it was like a, yeah, it was like a fancy mozzarella stick. I really liked it. Yeah, good. Do yeah, you have right a yeah. biting
1: technique? Do you have a, mo- a toasted oh, ravioli? Oh, so you bite meat? off
2: the corner and allow the, the hot air to escape and cool it off. Then you blow inside to cool the meat.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel <laughs> yeah. like this is a fetish account that I would follow. <laughs> it would be like hot guys eating toasted ravioli, yeah. biting the corner and blowing on it. Yeah. I'm like having a moment over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's that the uh, account where the girl smashes bread with her face have you ever seen no. i think she's called Breadface. yeah <laughs> Breadface. I, I would do i would follow you uh if you just ate toasted ravioli well it's you funny because it's such followers. a st
2: louis thing you don't really find them anywhere else and i think a toaster ravioli food truck would kill roy Choi if you want to get on that yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yes come back to the pod we got a pitch yeah. for you yeah. yeah some
0: fusion put something interesting inside
1: what'd you leave st louis for
2: uh, I went to college in New Hampshire, so I, you know, left for college. What uh, college? Dartmouth College.
1: You went to Dartmouth? Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal, man. Did you row? Uh,
2: no, I hung out with rowers. They're just crazy, sadistic, masochistic, <laughs> insane people. Mm-hmm. I thought about rowing. I was very, like, small. I I grew very late.
0: I feel like they would have wanted you to row because you've got to Yeah, I, I thought
2: about being a lightweight. I just didn't want to wake up at 5 in the morning. That mm-hmm. was not my not my jam.
1: Wait, wait, when did you sprout up to, like, 6, what are you, like, 6'1", 6'2"? 6'1", yeah. um.
2: I was like 5'4 for almost all of high school. Wow, wow. Man. Very little.
1: Dennis Rodman story. Yeah. Holy I was like
2: actually just showing my friend photos and I was like, guess my age. And she was like, I don't know, 14. I was like 22. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I grew very late. and it, it sucked. It was not fun. You get like the curse of cuteness and then that's not fun. Everyone's friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now it's paying off because I what's well, sort of paying off because the baby face plays. But mm-hmm. all my, like, representations, like, we want you to look older. Because, like, young dad category.
1: So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, if you had God. silver streaks on each side yeah. and you were holding a baby, I would buy whatever product that is. <laughs> I'll buy that baby. I'll buy that <laughs> fucking baby. If, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, did the growing that fast hurt?
2: I, I don't think it was that fast. It's just I started late. So, ah. I, like, looked young until – I mean, I still look young. Yeah. But it just – yeah, I was, like, very small um, – so yeah, I thought about rowing in college. I wanted to play rugby, but like, you know, I just I wasn't like that athletic. How uh, how would well, you get into Dartmouth then? Yeah. Um like, grades. Like my dad went there, which didn't hurt. Cool. Um mostly grades and just I had a pretty good like academic resume and extracurriculars. I played sports, but didn't because I was so little I didn't excel at them. You know, I played because all my friends did and I wanted to I played lacrosse and water polo and all the sports we get beat up and
0: I played water polo. Really? Yeah.
2: Dude, that's the most brutal sport in the world, I think. It's
0: intense. Especially,
2: did you play on the men's team?
0: No. Well, I did after, I went to the nationals in um, Canada with my provincial team from Newfoundland. Okay. And then when I got back, they were all like, never again. And so then I played with the guys for a little while and they
2: were really rough. Well, there was a couple of girls who played on some of the teams we played against and like, the girls got it like it was not like pretty. The girls kind of they're like, oh, there's a girl like we're gonna give her the worst of it. And I wore
0: like three swimsuits. Yeah, yeah.
2: And water polo is nasty. Like guys sharpen their toenails. Yep. They put their feet in your speedo, pull you down. They pee on you. It's a like dirty sport. <laughs> yeah. What What's the going f- on under the oh. surface is it's like chum. It's, it's like vicious. chum in the water. It's like jaws. I had
0: at one point, um, I was uh, swimming. It was a woman who did this or a girl who did, but she grabbed my thigh and my shin and she twisted and it popped my patella off. <laughs> I actually had like a crazy knee injury under the water. And you can like hear that pop and again, echo I, underneath. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, they pulled me out, and I was like, Wah! <laughs> on the Jeez. yeah deck, it was yeah, it's rough. Yeah. But you played?
2: I, I played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried to play. Yeah, um, and it's weird because I have a weird thing with water. I have a kind of a fear of water. Same.
1: Fell in the pool when I was two years old, and just never really got over it. We talked about it on your pod, but yeah. I have that egg, ch- egg 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 knot. From diving into the shallow and yeah. of the oh. pool at like, yeah, yeah, nine years old. So I did everything yeah. I could to get over. I played water polo. I got my scuba license. I became a
2: lifeguard. I started surfing. And like still being underwater and not knowing where my next breath is, like is pure fear. Immersion pure
0: therapy. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you face everything like that?
2: I don't know. Walk towards things I think that you're uncomfortable hunting with? Hunting fear is important. Like going after the thing you don't want to do is probably the thing you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Besides water, what else makes you uneasy? I mean, there's tons of things that are you know, just anything outside my comfort zone, anything where I'm like, I don't like I don't know, or I don't want to do that. Or, you know, like you, you could t- scale it down to like being at the gym. You're Like, I don't want to do one more set. And it's like, well, you probably should. As soon as I yeah. hear myself say that, it's like, no, you need to. And that's all back to this book that I tout to everyone, which is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And it's all about resistance and how like the more important something is for your soul's evolution, the more resistance you'll feel toward it. So you can sort of hunt that feeling like a dousing rod and like whatever you're resistant to. You need to just like blindly go at and
0: mm-hmm. get over that resistance. I have a hard time falling asleep. I should probably try to sleep harder. Yeah. I'm actually kind of serious. Yeah. Like I really have a hard Like I, I I will do everything that I can to not go to sleep. And I Because you like, don't want to? Yeah. Like I, I cannot lie in the dark with my eyes closed and just my thoughts. Like, what about I,
2: waking up? Do you not want to get up?
0: No, I'm happy to get up. I just, I just am like thinking about like, how could I apply that to something that I do really badly right now? One of those things is like actually like turning everything off and lying down yeah. and going to sleep as a, as a, as an You art. have
1: wild dreams. I do. So I would also be scared if I was you, because yeah. if my dreams were the types of dreams that you've described to me.
0: I think that's where I encounter a lot of my yeah past stuff mm, is yeah, psych- in those moments. Psychological yeah.
2: stuff starts mm-hmm. creeping up. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, my dreams are super mundane. Like, I'm just at the grocery store. Nice. Yeah. So I wish I've had one flying dream and I was like, holy shit. And then I woke up. But they're usually very boring. But I'm trying to figure out why you would have that because. Oh,
0: I, yeah. And I don't even need to make all this bet myself. But I was yeah. really like trying to think of like hunting, hunting your fears is just such an interesting way to yeah. attack life.
2: Because recently, in the past year or so, I've I used to fall asleep to the office every single night. Like I'd put it on. I know I know every episode backwards and forwards. So it's like a lullaby. It's very comforting. I don't have to look at it. I can close my eyes. I know it's like, it's just like a blanket. Mm. And um, I did that for probably close to 10 years. And then just this year, I finally said like no laptop in the bed, no phone in the bed. I read, I put my book down, I turn the light off and I just like go to sleep like a, like a fucking farmer. Like just like, all right, like, <laughs> had a good day's work. And it it feels so good to just like shut, shut it down and That's not have awesome. to be eased into it you know
0: yeah I love that
1: are you reading your book
2: uh yeah just back back to front back to front cool start over page one after I finish it yeah cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to your book but I want to trace your journey a little bit before that because we were talking about you being at Dartmouth and Mm -hmm. there's a there's this you know, spanning your life that I really want to know about was, well, from there to here. But yeah, there's a roller coaster thing. Yeah. That I, I need yeah. to ask about because I've never heard about this from you.
2: So after after Dartmouth, I, I got very lucky to get connected um, with a job in the Middle East working for a theme park design company. It was actually an animation company that was starting a theme park design division. they were based in Amman, Jordan. I studied architecture, fine art and design at Dartmouth. And um, through this connection, they were like, do you want to help start up this division? And I just couldn't say no. i never really had an interest in the Middle East as a region, but that's you know, one of those things that's like, oh, you don't want to go there, you probably should go there. Um, so it was a good thing for me. And I spent about a year and a half there, and then they opened an office in LA, so I transferred to LA and sort of wiggled my way towards the entertainment industry. What was it like designing designing roller coasters? So that? we didn't do like, people were always like, oh, you're like a physicist, you're an engineer. No, it's I, I did the architectural designs of like the interior and exterior spaces. So like we would drop in the ride systems and then design. It's kind of like imagineering, designing the
1: space around it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Keep going
1: on that. Um, mm-hmm. Like in the Middle East, where were you living? Jordan, Amman, in, Jordan, which is Jordan. the capital of Jordan, yeah. And were you designing things in Jordan? So
2: we were working on one big project on the Red Sea that was partially funded by the king, who's a huge Star Trekkie. Yeah. Um, so we got like the Paramount licensing rights to Star Trek IP, and we were going to build this big resort in Aqaba, which is on the Red Sea. And we a lot of our designs were that, but that got shelved due to political unrest when there's like rockets flying over the construction site it's not the best time to open the theme park mm. um so we would go we'd follow the money and we worked in projects in china abu dhabi the emirates you know like ferrari world and you know these big silly projects so.
0: isn't that a place that's in the um indiana jones movie in jordan that incredible temple the front of that temple yeah petra is- yeah yeah
2: so you go through these like these slot canyons and you come out and it's just like Indiana Jones. It's not a set at all, and it's that's worth the trip to Jordan alone to see Petra is spectacular. Yeah, wow, Went there a couple times.
0: You must have seen so many cool things over there.
2: Yeah, I spent a lot of time. There's a desert called Wadi Rum, which is where Lawrence of Arabia was kind of based, and um, that was my favorite, still my favorite place on earth. It's just like this magical orange desert, punctuated by these giant rock formations, and wow. we'd go out there and. They set up like a Bedouin tent and, you know, be like expats and locals and all our friend group just like having fun out there. Wow. Doing some rock climbing, stuff like that. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. So, why would you leave that? So expat life is weird. Um, there's this culture of in the expat community of like a lot of people come, they'll do their year and then they'll go back to the States. And those people are kind of like frowned upon because it's like, oh, you're not a real expat. Then there's the people who are lifers. And they're all like sort of incestuous and they're like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not going back to America. I'm such like a traveler. And I went back and forth between like, am I one of them? (laughs) But I wanted to go back to the States. Like I was, I spent four years at Dartmouth, like building the best friendships in the world. And all my friends were starting their lives in the U.S. and I just missed them terribly. And I had a weird itch to sort of pursue the entertainment industry. And eventually I just kind of bailed yeah
0: and so you you land in la mm-hmm. you're still working in the sort of um engineering yeah, architecture did another space another year at
2: that studio in la yeah
0: and then the performing called
2: no um i was working on the book that i wrote and i had been working on that since college sort of in the background the
0: one that just came out
2: it came out in 2014 it's been oh, out for a while yeah. i didn't realize that okay yeah what's um, the name of the book it's called again? she can fly yeah yeah and um I was working on that and I I had some urgency to get it finished because of the woman I was writing it with and some health concerns. And I knew that I needed to really dedicate my time to it, dedicate my time to it. So I was looking for a job that I could have some more freedom in my schedule and kind of live inside the story as I was finishing it and trying to publish it. And I ended up finding a post on Craigslist to be the assistant to a dog psychic. (laughs) and she had just published a book. She's sort of a celebrity dog psychic. And,
0: <laughs> of course, L.A. Uh,
1: cutthroat, another cutthroat
0: business. It's yeah, wonderful. D- dude,
2: d- yeah, I'm d- telling you, Caesar milan has got the market cornered. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> um, so I started working for her and kind of became her creative director, doing her branding, website design, social media, producing little video segments while I was finishing my book. So I got to see the publishing industry and the media industry from the inside out while while working on that book. So I did that for about a year and then published the book in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. And she fired me. So I got fired by a dog psychic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. Do you mind telling the story real quick?
2: Well, it's, I just, she was very, she was great. She's a really interesting person. Um, and she'd be like, you know, Mercury's in retrograde, like take the week off. And I'd be like, okay. Like <laughs> <can."> <laughs> um, but towards like the zero hour of my book, you know, I, I started shirking my responsibilities. And she caught on and she was like, you're not in this. Like, I'm going to let you go. And she was right to do so.
0: Oh, okay. I thought she was going to like fire you in some wacky dog psychic way no, where she like, no, you know, she, beamed her it. thought yeah. to know, yeah. had her dog fire you. Over with it. a little <laughs> note on her yeah, yeah. Like, you're, like you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wait, did you have your dog at the time? Yeah, I got my dog as soon as I moved to LA. So what's your dog's name? Elephant. Elephant. Ella. Ella. So did did, uh was that like a key selling point when you got hired by this dog side? Ella's connection with her?
2: Yeah. And like the woman who I wrote the book with, um, was like a really good dog trainer. She taught me how to like train dogs and raise dogs. So it all kind of came full circle. It was all
0: Talking involved. to dogs is a is a skill. It's you yeah. know, I I learn every day with my little guy.
2: Yeah. Mhm. I mean, that's the people always ask about working for the dog psychic. And there's some I mean, there's I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's chakras and spirit guides and all that stuff, but there's a real psychological foundation to her work where your dog is just an extension of you. So as disciplined as you are with yourself, you're going to be with your animal. And whatever they're expressing as problematic behavior is probably something you need to work on. So her sessions were a way of kind of getting the client as a person on the couch through the dog and analyzing them. And I would go into sessions being like, this is gonna be so embarrassing when it doesn't work. They're paying all this money. And then by, you know, two hours later, the client's just sobbing about how their relationship with their dead mother is is like translating to their animal.
1: And I was just like, wow, Wow. it was cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Cause every time like her dog pushes its leg into me, I feel like I always imagine almost like an avatar intermingling oh, the, like, of the, you yeah. know, of the, the tail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, And that's really how it feels. It feels like this, like, weird inter-
0: intermingling It's, it's
2: all energy or whatever you want to call it. Like, dogs are so perceptive. They're, you know, they're bred to be, to read our body language in a way that no animal is. Yeah. They're the only animal that understands pointing. Whoa! Yeah.
0: Archie's favorite band is 311. Really? Amber is the color of my energy. <laughs> <laughs> <Classic>. <laughs> no, he actually likes yeah. um. He actually likes Imagine Dragons.
2: Okay, he's an all rock guy. Yeah, his yeah. favorite
0: song is Radioactive. <laughs> 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 Quick, what's your dog's favorite song?
2: <laughs> She's uh, I don't know. She doesn't like
1: music. It is very cool to see. Like, I I, I look at you as like a total package, like uh, modern man in a lot of ways, which is why I really like having like honest, deep conversations with you. But also, I've seen like pictures of you walking next to your dog hiking, and your dog is not on a leash, and it's mm. just like, damn, dude! Like, there's a lot of cool things happening in your life. Yeah, I mean, that's she's she's an off leash dog. I can walk her through Franklin Village where I
2: live through the and like. You see people being like, well, whose dog is that? And I was like, no, she's my, like people, you know, people with other problematic dogs are like, put your dog on a leash. It's like my mental leash with her is stronger than your physical leash. Like I trust her way more than your rope or whatever you got there. Mm-hmm. So, and she's a really good dog. So I've been, I've been lucky with her. Yeah. That's wow.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you're both lucky. Yeah. Yeah. She's
2: my, she's my child. She's Ella. my daughter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah so you are doing dog psychiatry for a year your book is published mm-hmm. um before we move on from the book we got to talk a little bit about the plot i have yeah. not read it yet yeah. and i'm going to be honest about why uh That's i'm in heavy. a place right now where i'm trying to lift myself up dial myself in mm-hmm. and once i can fly straight and clean then i can get into something um important and yeah. like dear so no, i, I
2: totally, hope you don't mind i but totally understand that i mean it's a I always give people the caveat like if you need to put it down put it down because it's a book about at the core domestic violence and sexual assault it's very heavy Um, and it's the the true life story of this woman i wrote it with the woman i was really close with growing up and it's as far as a cautionary tale goes as bad as it gets um so people who have had experience with that or even who haven't and are just like so put off by it will put it down um and we wrote it in a way that it's very quick it's very urgent so that and it's only 217 pages so a lot of people read it in like one or two sittings because if you put it down it's like why do i want to go back
1: to this literally brutal story um brutal but yeah, story but everyone who i read the reviews on is like i'm so glad i finished that whole yeah shit. and
2: i think it it's it's shed some light on the resiliency of what she went through and how she pulled out of it eventually finally and you know like i said it's a cautionary tale so the idea is to expose the warning signs and the early progression of that Abuse cycle early so that people who are in a similar situation don't get to where she got to. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: I I uh, was in a very bad situation that I you know did get out of and um, it's you know a, hu- a huge part of who I am yeah. was that getting in and out of it. Um, but I certainly had no idea before I was got involved with that person that something like that could ever happen to me. Yeah. And I think I had always looked at people who were in domestic violent, domestically violent situations or abusive relationships as as just very other. Like I, it's just couldn't l- happen to me. Impossible. Why to doesn't understand. she just leave?
2: Is what everyone says. Why doesn't she just leave? Oh my leave? god. By yeah. the time you get to that point, you're so brainwashed and so stuck. In in the yep. this like push pull abusive cycle that you don't have an option and people don't I mean there's kids involved a big reason people don't leave is cuz like what am i going to do with my dog what like, we have an apartment together there's a thousands reasons not to thousands reasons not to leave and there's one really good reason to leave is like he might kill you yeah and it happens a lot yeah unfortunately
0: my other understanding too from my experience was that uh i was so um, turned around that i didn't i literally didn't know which way the surface was yeah, if like i want avalanche yeah. yeah it was really crazy yeah. so i'm so um you know i i wanted to say looking forward to i'm i i am looking forward to reading it because there's a hopeful you know, ending
2: i promise well it, and it's very light. important
0: like these these stories are yeah. so so important to share and so it's really cool that you um met you know, that sort of woman where she needed to meet you in order to get her story out yeah. like that's really and
2: I, I try not to give away our relationship because it, it's involved in the story, but it is like this perfect circle of creativity and redemption for her and me. And it's like I, I think it's the best thing I'll ever do, like no matter what. I And I'm OK with that. It's it's just it's I'm so happy with it. Yeah.
1: And it also uh, ties into all of your charity work, which is always yeah. really cool, too. So
2: all the proceeds we've made from selling the book is on Amazon and all that. Um, just go back to giving away free copies to schools and shelters and libraries centers of resource. I give away free copies all the time on my Instagram um, signed copies just because this is not about money at all. And it's just about getting more eyes on it is every,
1: you know, every set of eyes is a little bit of progress. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I feel like this is where we'd be like, we're we'll be right back, but it's a podcast. <laughs> so it's hard. Coffee, coffee break. After coffee these break.
0: Messages. Coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> Big sip.
1: Have you noticed that some
2: podcasts do that? Like, Conan has a podcast or like mm. and they'll do this thing where they're like, all right, we'll be right back. And then they come right there. They don't go anywhere.
0: It's just a, it's a it's a spot for dynamic ad insertion in case they do get sold.
2: But like Mark's nodding.
0: Yes.
2: Like the Office Ladies. There's an Office Ladies podcast where it's uh, Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher. Yeah. And they they go, we'll be right back. And then they come. I'm like, what are you like?
0: They do it on Dead Eyes, too. Have you been listening to Dead Eyes? Uh-oh. That's a great podcast for anyone who's in any part of the entertainment industry. Yeah. And it's a similar thing. And I'm it's like, oh, what's this, up? But it's it's a, this
2: vestige of a, a prior format of like, you know, talk shows.
0: It's an ad insertion point. Yeah, Yeah, yeah I guess mm-hmm. so. But <laughs> we some, could do that. Okay. We'll, we'll be, be right back.
2: We'll be right back. And we're back. Cool. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the book is published. Yep. And I remember listening to an episode of Model Behavior. You were like, were, even at Dartmouth, you were jokingly always saying, like, I kind of want to act. And you were like, yeah. just throwing it out there yeah. for the world to hear or putting yeah. it out there for yourself to hear out loud. I don't even think I put
2: it out there for myself to hear. I, since I was a kid, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, there's no, we're no, nowhere near Hollywood. But I always had this weird, like, I want to be an actor. And I, you know, I took drama class in seventh grade and I, I did well and my teacher was like, you should be auditioning for stuff. And my parents were like, where? We're in St. Louis, like, and it just never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind was always this thing. And I went to Dartmouth and I finally took an acting class my last term at Dartmouth, which is a whole other story. It took a very long time for me to graduate, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it just kept that spark going. And that was my whole thing. Like I, I went to Jordan, I knew they were gonna be opening an office in LA. So I was like, I'll put in my time in Jordan. I'll transfer to LA. I'll try to move towards like production design maybe, get on set, see what I like, and like wiggle my way towards talent, quote unquote, which I had no idea how it worked. And it's been a 10 year process of figuring that out. But yeah, that was kind of my plan that worked out. Yeah. 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 You're a working
1: actor, model. Yeah. It's real.
2: Yeah, I pay my bills with modeling and acting, commercial acting, yeah.
1: It's awesome. It's also really cool because the first time we met here, I said, what do you do? And you said, I'm a model. And then I kind of saw you brace yourself for me to do some kind of yeah. joke or something about yeah. it. But because of where we live and because I learned from you how fucking hard it mm. is to actually do, mm. like I'm so glad I didn't make some weak hack joke in that moment with you. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I play with that a lot because if you, people say,
2: what are you doing? You say you're a model. There's two assumptions immediately. You're a dick or dumb or both. And I, I kind of like to see people's reaction because the person who writes me off and is like, "Well, you're not worth my time," I don't really want to talk to that person. But the person who's like, "Yeah, but like, what else about you?" That's the person I want to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I've played with that in in LA socially for a long time. But someone was like, "You need to stop doing that. Like, you're selling yourself short because like that's not all you are." And I mean, yeah, I model and that's my job, but I don't think it defines me. And I, you know, there was a great episode with Justin Davis where he was like, "Yeah, modeling's it's just my job. It's not who
1: I am." So mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. It's I struggle with it a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think everybody, at least for me, I'll say everybody meaning me secretly. Like I remember getting my high school senior pictures. It yeah. was my first time getting a professional picture. Yeah. And I'm like po- trying to pose for the camera. I've yeah. got my fossil watch that I'm really trying to get Frosted in there. Tips. Yeah. Frosted tips. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, damn, I think I can model. Like yeah. I got this. Yeah. And then I look back at him and I'm like, ooh, I am giving nothing to anyone at all. i I I couldn't (laughs) even smile dead eyes just like fake smile yeah yeah yeah.
0: i was addicted to america's next top model that show was amazing because not only was it just like fun reality tv where people were melting down on set because they couldn't like get the thing right but also tyra banks was dispensing i think valuable advice i mean maybe you could tell me better as a model if she was like on point but she had some pretty amazing andre leontali was a judge at one point and you know Uh, I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about him because he just passed and they're saying how there was one model on that show who had like a busted shoot and everyone made fun of her and that andre leon talley was actually like i love this picture and it's art yeah and um it just you know anyway that was a tangent to just saying no, that like tot- it was a really cool show with amazing I, yeah. tips about how to and how hard it is how truly hard it is and how special yeah. a skill it is to really be able to do the things that you well, do Well, i was
2: at a party last night with actually two girls who were on that show <gasps> um and one of them angel is my really close friend and there was this thing, she got cut from the show and people were like, oh, I'm sorry, like you're you you can't be a model, you didn't make it. Right. And it's like, there's this myth that modeling is you just get discovered. Like Giselle got discovered in a McDonald's in Brazil when she was 14. And then you just get catapulted into, you know, covers of magazines. It's not the case. It's like this really hard grind of trial and error. There's no graduate course you can take for it. There's no, there's the classes here and there in LA, but not really. That's more for commercials and whatnot. So it's just, you just keep trying, keep figuring it out. And it's this really hard hustle of, yeah, like at the beginning, you're trying to model so hard that it comes off as like that, like Zoolander stuff. <laughs> and then you get you further down the line and you realize the less you do, the better. And it's it's just, it's like the best models are just really confident, nice people. And that's, if I can plug my podcast a little bit, like model behavior, it's about talking to the people who I've experienced the best models, the working models are the most grounded, hardworking, like family oriented, good people. Because at the end of the day, it's about, who do you wanna spend 12 hours with on set? This diva who, yes, there are divas who can, they sell bags, they sell shoes. So like they can command whatever pay rate they want and get away with being a bitch on set. But most of us, the like the journeyman models just have to be like regular people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I remember hearing about, um. Who was it? Who was like crying in a gutter and she was discovered? I can't remember which model it was, but yeah, about, I think that is the sort of like the rags to riches yeah. mythology that we all understand. But Charlize you know, Theron, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, she was a ballet dancer who had like a crazy story uh, history, and she, but she's one of the hardest working people. Yeah, in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. It's fascinating. It's like really hard working good it's people. Really
2: hard. It's really inconsistent. And I've thought about it. Like people are like, "Why do you like? Why do you do it?" And it's like, I don't know. I just kept. I kept wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you do something, you're like, I don't like this, I'm gonna quit. And I just never wanted to quit. And I was not a good model. I didn't like wasn't some like prodigy model who they discovered me and I got an agency and like took off. Like it was really slow. And it took several years before I could even, you know, quit my side jobs and whatnot. Because you just have to figure it out. And like there are people who just have that presence, but it's a skill set at the end of the day. It's it's a it's a learnable skill, a teachable skill. Yeah. Okay, so then yeah. to
1: dispel the myths, because mm-hmm. um, like you were saying at the beginning, it's like, this is my genetic code. Yeah. But there's so many people who have great great genetic codes who never get to the level that you're at. So yeah. like if it's a watch or you're doing a volleyball scene or you've told me about times where you've had to run mm-hmm. over and over and over mm-hmm. and over on the beach for 10 fucking hours to get mm-hmm. one goddamn shot. So what is it like behind the scenes that separates you from someone who just, like, might have uh might have a good genetic code.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's t- the 10,000 hours thing.
1: You know, there's people who are so much more beautiful than me, and there's people who are so much more unique
2: than me, and, like, they're more in fashion than me. But you could take that person, pluck them out of wherever situation they're in and they've never modeled before, and put them in front of a camera on a shoot, and they're going to have no fucking idea what they're doing. And you might catch lightning in a bottle, but it's going to be really difficult for the whole team. And that's what it comes down to. He's like, I know after this many years, I know what the photographer is looking for. I know what, like where my lighting is. I know where my marks are. I know that the, I'm not the product, it's whatever I'm wearing. So I'm, it's like not about me. It's about, they're trying to show off this zipper right here. like, how do I angle my body? So that's showing. And like, it's just, it's this, this team atmosphere, which I love about the process is like, this such a collaboration that I, I can move myself towards what they want. So we all meet in the middle and get what we need. And it's not
1: this like, can you feel that psychic energy on set, oh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though it's, fu- it's cause I've, I've asked you before cause photography, I'm like, do you just like move the whole time like this? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they just keep shooting and then they sometimes, yeah.
2: sometimes? Okay. sometimes it's a, it's a weird dance. Sometimes they want you to kind of like move, pause, move, pause. You get into this rhythm with the photographer, especially in like studio shoots where you're just shooting like 60 pairs of pants in a day. Like you'll get this dance going and like it's click, move, click, move. And it, with a good photographer model relationship, it's, it's an easy day. But it's a grind. 60 Pairs of Pants, it's it's not fun.
0: (laughs) It's not glamorous. That's your memoir, 60 Pairs of Pants. 60 Pairs of Pants. (laughs) That's a good memoir title.
2: (laughs) I was playing golf this morning and I, I hit a ball and I was like, oh, not quite straight. And my friend goes, not quite straight. The Michael Gable story. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's it. Oh, fantastic. And then he hit one. He's like, ah, oh, short
1: and fat. And I was like, that's your story. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my childhood story. That'd be yeah. like part one of my memoir. Yeah. Short and fat. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I was going to put this red hat on, but I wasn't sure if it was allowed yet. But it's because you introduced Mary Jane and I to one of my favorite people of all time. Cool can we guy.
0: wear red hats yet? Is it legal? It's not legal. For I mean, here yeah. here on the podcast, I think it's... yeah. If you, if you
1: wear it
2: backwards, it's, it kind of breaks the trope.
0: Yeah, and then you can see what it's about. Yeah, Animaniacs, Tom Animaniacs, Ruger. Yeah. One of the greatest days to go to Tom Ruger's home and see his art and have a conversation with oh, I didn't know you went a to his legend home. that's incredible it was the coolest day
1: yeah yeah which and this was like a segue into talking about your art mm-hmm. because going to Tom Ruger's I'm turning it around I don't care he's not <laughs> going to be you president you know. ever yeah. again yeah. Ever again. For
0: everyone listening who doesn't know, go check out that episode. He's the creator of Animaniacs and yeah, works many closely
1: with Spielberg on a ton of projects. Yeah. You know, like animation god, really. Living legend. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm wearing a red hat. We have a YouTube channel now. Go to it. Shout out Top Tree Studios. You can watch this video and see me in a red hat and get triggered. Um, <laughs> you make a bunch of incredible art. Thank you. I try. Uh, but it's also like we've talked before about the danger of... Hobby shifting to profession mm-hmm. and if you you can like lose the love of something mm-hmm. if it becomes too tied up in success Yeah, and uh but boy. Oh boy. I gotta be honest I I hope you have massive success with your art because it's <laughs> one of a kind.
2: Well, and it's funny because all you know I think the series you're referring to my serial killers. I did those for no reason there was no client I just was bored because I, I have a lot of downtime I'm running around to shoots and auditions but like part of the thing I like about my job is I freedom in my schedule, but idle hands like for me especially is like the devil's playground so i need something to. i'm not creating i'm destroying yeah and usually destroying myself and it's not healthy so i started making these really intricate serial killer portraits portraits of famous serial killers out of breakfast cereal and yeah it was just like i wanted to see them in the world so i made them and then they kind of caught on. I got commissions for different projects and then worked with some other food brands like Cheez-It came at me and did a cool project <laughs> with them. Did you see that?
0: I haven't seen the Cheez-It one. Yeah,
2: they did a big social media campaign where they wanted a, a celebrity's face made out of Cheez-Its. And my my friend, he works for the ad agency in Chicago and they're like, we want to do this thing and we just, how would we do this? He goes, I think I know a guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Who's the piece of? who? did uh,
2: So it's Chris Harrison who's the host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Yeah, and In so Cheez-Its. In, in four different flavors of Cheez-Its, yeah. It's, it's, so it's massive. <laughs> it's like four feet by five feet. It's huge. Wow. Yeah. I spent a see- lot of the pandemic
1: working on that. <laughs> we, yeah.
0: We got to put that on our Instagram. And and you did one of Mike.
1: Yeah. Yeah. out of Cheerios. Comedy killer. Oh, dude. That is like such a prized possession of yeah. mine. It's oh, so very prize cool. Prized possession. If we ever get in an office, it's going in there. It's just going with me everywhere. Cool. When, we right. when we get an office. When we get an office. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. And uh, wait, I had it and then I forgot. Oh. <laughs> uh, speaking of cheese Its, too, um, mm. we would not be Weed and Grub if we didn't talk about food. Mm. And actually, what I want to ask you is like your um, shoot day food mm-hmm. and how you prepare to audition, or if you have to even stay in shape all the time. And yeah. like, yeah, yeah, what does your meal game even look like? So that's, a, that's a common question. People are like, you know,
2: what do you do to pre- prepare for a shoot? And it's, I don't have time.
1: Mm. You know,
2: auditions come, I usually get the notification for an audition the night before. I might have to take my shirt off in an audition if it's for a fitness thing or a beach thing or whatnot. So there's no, there's no time. Like, yeah, you can dehydrate a little bit to like really like shrink wrap everything, but I kind of have to be in the shape I wanna be in all the time. And, you know, on set people won't have big meals or eat something that's gonna like bloat them, but. My theory on set is the food is free, A, and B, it's the food you ate two weeks leading up to the shoot that really makes you, like, bigger. So ah. I'm going to eat the free food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, day of. to yeah, yeah. yeah. Go to Crafty. Like one of my love handles yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but is it, like, no, no bread, no white food, no sugar? No, or I, like,
2: eat, I eat everything. Um, I do, like, a rough intermittent fasting type of thing. So I usually skip breakfast. And I try to eat like, you know, the perimeter of the grocery store. So like real foods, whole foods. But I eat pizza and I eat bread and I eat pasta as long as it, you know, I don't eat it all the time when it's worth it and I deserve it. Like I'll eat it, Um, but I'll eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's too. It's just, I can kind of judge after doing this for so long when it's okay and when it's not.
0: I feel like the Whole Foods on Santa Monica is trying to trick me because the perimeter on the back half of the store is all of the wine and cheese. And then right next to that is the pizza. And then right next to that is the bakery. You're like, perimeter? Yeah, I'm I'm like, listen, Michael Gable said, I want to look like him. (laughs) I started the wine and I finished the cupcakes. I mean, this is great advice. (laughs) I'm going to be in tip-top shape. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's just,
2: I mean... I hate it, but it's like it's it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet, you know. You can't yeah. you can't yo yo. You got to just like what's the best gym routine? It's the one you're gonna do, you know. It's mm-hmm. the one you're gonna stick to, and the one you enjoy. I eat all the foods I like. I like I, even the healthy stuff. I love it. It's just got to find your balance.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then do you do uh, do you do cycles for fitness like fast twitch, high cardio, and then do like heavy lifting for like three months a year? Like mm. how do you how do you? That's all pretty consistent all too. Tight? I. I, have, I do a lot of like big Olympic lifts, like bench
2: press, overhead press, deadlift, that stuff. And as long as I keep those numbers where I want them, I kind of just fill in the rest with whatever I feel like that day. Mm-hmm. And I just do a lot of activities. So I went golfing this morning. I'll go for a hike most mornings. I'll go surfing. I'll I just try to do, it sounds like a lot, but I try to do 10 workouts, which includes activities a week. So most days I'm doing two, like the gym and something else.
0: Nice. Yeah. Way to Sounds keep it Sounds healthy.
1: No yeah. shit. The yeah. thing about that for me is that like when I really started getting a lot of auditions was right around when Hangover came out and everyone was like, ooh, we need like bearded roly-poly guys yeah, yeah. to be like that weirdo in every commercial. You're our Galifianakis is what yeah. I was told over and yeah. over. But there's always like, so I've had to change my look, change my body and stuff just to go with types and trends. Is there also that or is, that or is, is fitness modeling kind of, we all want to look at somebody doing something that we want to do? So there's always, but a it's room.
2: evolving so much. I mean, so I, my first agency ever was a fitness agency. And I, like I said, I wasn't a real athlete. I kind of like retroactively became one as soon as I signed with a fitness agency. It's like, I better get in shape. And then I realized you can't hack it. You can't four hour body. It. It's like, you got to train like an athlete to look like an athlete. But now, you know, almost 10 years later, the trend is more relatable. It's more like, the, apparently my agency is getting feedback that people are too in shape. It's not, it's like not <laughs> wow. attainable. Yeah. And yes. People don't want to see that. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so like the dad bod, they'll want, they'll be looking for dad bods. They're looking for softer. And for me, it's like, you kind of get in this like push pull of like, well, I want to have abs, but then like, I'm going to miss that role. Cause they want the dad bod. So I just have to go with what I feel confident. And like, there's a per- certain point, balance point physically where I just like, feel confident in my skin Mm -hmm. and like yes i'm gonna miss out on some of the other stuff but i have to i have to be happy with myself to go into an audition room and charm them you know
0: yeah
1: yeah are you at a place now because i am not where you do where you can just be really happy with who you are, the things you create, the books you write, the dog that you walk on no leash, and you can walk in that room or do that reel that I saw on your Instagram yeah, where you just threw yeah, the piece of paper and I was yeah. like, that was amazing. Yeah. Like, are you at a place of self-acceptance and where you're like, I'm I like myself and yeah. I'm I'm
2: good. Yes, for the first time in my life, and I can genuinely say this, I like I know what self love is. Ah. Uh, and I'm thirty-five years old, so it's been a long road. I don't think I had self-like for most of that. Like it's so and it's been a game changer. It's been a lot of work over the last nine months or so. But, yeah, I love myself. And I love myself like like I think I have great style. I think I have great taste. I think I have – you know, like I think I'm in great shape. But like I don't need you to think that about me. I want you to think that about you. And this sounds like so self improving y and the hokey but like it's – I buy it though. Yeah. It's I really like, do. I, want, I want you to feel that too because you see people – who just don't look well and they don't look happy and they're uncomfortable and they're anxious and it's like I hate that for everyone I don't want anyone to, to be uncomfortable in their skin mm-hmm. and that's what I've been trying to figure out my whole life and you know my podcast has given me a little platform to share what I've learned to learn what, from, from what other people have learned in their journey and like you know you get this one shot at this weird game we get to play and like to spend most of it suffering is not it um you know yeah it's not it
0: that's 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 it. That's the wisdom. That's yeah. the perfect place to wrap, right?
1: Let's wrap right yeah. there, man.
0: Where can everyone find you?
2: Um, Instagram, Michael G at Michael G Gable. Um, the book, like I said, She Can Fly is available on Amazon, and then my podcast, Model Behavior with Michael G Gable, wherever you get podcasts.
0: Yeah, amazing. It's been so lovely to hang out. I hope you'll come back oh, a I lot.
2: W- I mean, I feel drastically like unqualified to be on this podcast this has been such a pleasure for me you guys are like my spirit animals in this world of creativity and podcasting so i'm still thankful to be here
1: we met at public house to get your podcast rolling and it's fucking awesome i hope
2: everyone yeah. checks it out yeah. yeah and now we're doing video and that's the next thing i want to incorporate into my podcast so you're just i'm just like nipping at your i heels. mean a podcast
0: <laughs> called model behavior kind of has to have I, video people want to see <laughs> it's yeah. like oh weird idea that yeah.
2: that would be audio only <laughs> we're all like phone sex operators like <laughs> <laughs> secretly just ginormous
0: <laughs> like <laughs> oh are you really models yeah. <laughs> hey, okay I'll believe it when I see it oh, more. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> big boy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can follow us at Weed and Grub. Uh, email us, WG at Weed dot com. Give us five stars on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Leave a review. Do the same for model behavior as well. Bump us up in that motherfucking algorithm. Yeah. Shout out to Top Tree Studios. Thank you, dude. Thank, Thank you, you yeah. so Thank much. Thank you
2: so much. This is wonderful.
0: Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.